Good morning. My name is Kevin Mercer, and my pronouns are he, his. I am a member of your Board of Trustees, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers whose incredible efforts and dedication keep us all connected. Whomever you are, wherever you're from, whomever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining worship this morning. We encourage you to fill out the visitor form in the lobby or online and connect with others in our virtual or in-person social hour after the service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those attending worship in our sanctuary at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phones and other electronic devices. I do have a few announcements. We hope to see you today at four at our monthly Black Lives Matter vigil at the mall in Columbia. I've checked and it's only 50% chance of rain at that point. <laughs> Join us to give a public witness to the problem, to the problem of anti-black racism in our neighborhood, nation and world and to show that all lives will matter when black lives matter. Bring your own sign if you have them and maybe an umbrella. Uh, all are welcome to join uh, Reverend Paige Getty and guest facilitator Reverend Lynn Cox for a free two-part Caring Congregation workshop this Saturday, September the 17th. The morning session will focus on cultivating caring community. We'll share a lunch together provided for all participants on the OPIC patio. Again, I checked the weather and it will be sunny. And the afternoon session will focus on advanced listening skills. Uh, register by this Thursday if you plan to attend. One World Coffee House invites you to their concert, also happening this Saturday, September the 7th, with singer-songwriter and activist John Flynn. John is the winner of the 2018 Phil Oaks Award and a wordsmith of rare facility, following in the footsteps of Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger. Invite your friends this uh, special evening that will open your eyes and hearts to, the true, to a true advocate for equality, justice, and peace. Purchase your tickets at uucolumbia.net. The 43rd UUCC auction is now accepting your donations for this year's auction set on Saturday, November the 12th. Whether you're looking to host a dinner, kids play date, activity event, or clear out quality, good condition items ready for a new home, we are happy to accept your donation. Visit the auction website, uh, webpage to submit your donation. And now we have uh, another announcement from UUC, UUCC member, Jill Christensen. Hello, UUCC, families, members, and friends. I'm Jill Christensen, member of your congregation. And I'm here to give you a quick note on important things that make a difference to all of us. 
and our well-being within the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. It was very wonderful this week that we received an email from Valerie Shu about the Meal Train, an initiative to help new families with, that have just given birth in our congregation for providing meals for them and helping out. We know parenting is tremendous work, and often, in fact, we can make the load lighter for parents and easier and more in our spiritual grounding if we all help. We need your help. We need your help this year specifically with RE, religious education. There are opportunities to work with children who are ranging between two and their teen years. Why is it needed? It's needed because we're all in this together. Within UUCC and the Unitarian tradition, we honor the dignity and worth of every individual. This includes the children. In my experience as an OWL facilitator, it was wonderful for a couple years to do this work because, in fact, it was a team. There were four of us working together, which meant that, in fact, I didn't have to be there every Sunday. We could rely on each other, whether it had to do with crazy travel schedules like I had to deal with or health or other family traditions. We could, in fact, team together to deliver quality education for, in fact, our team. So we need your help. At the end of the congregation service here now, you're welcome to sign up at the table or contact Robin Slaw, our Director of Religious Education. She would love to have you step forward. We've got great curriculum and lots of people with experience who can help support and do that. So think on it. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Jill. Good morning, everybody. My name is Paige Getty. I use the pronouns she, her, and hers, and it is my honor and privilege and my pleasure to serve as minister of this congregation and to welcome all of you, especially those of you who are guests with us today, as we gather for a traditional service of in-gathering, complete with a water ceremony this morning and a potluck meal following the service. Everyone of any age is welcome and encouraged to participate fully in this worship service today. This morning, there is no separate children's programming, so we'll all be together all morning. If you are in the sanctuary and are having trouble hearing and need a listening device, those are available from the tech booth in the back, so don't hesitate to see those guys in, um, in the tech booth. You can find the order of service online if you'd like to follow along on your own mobile device. There's a QR code that will appear on the screen here, and it's also available online using the URL in the chat for those of you on Zoom. If you are a guest today, please do complete the visitor form that's either online or at the greeters table in the lobby, because we'd love to be able to stay in touch with you throughout the week. And at the end of the service today, we will be honoring personal joys and sorrows that are shared um, in writing. If you'd like to put yours in the book in the back of the sanctuary or email them to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net, they will be voiced at the end of the service. Many thanks to all the staff and volunteers who have been working to offer hospitality, both in person and online, and then after the service for our potluck gathering. 
those who are making sure we can see and hear one another by working in the tech booth, and everyone who's contributed content to the service this morning. Thank you all. And remember, those of you remotely, especially in a service that's ritual-heavy like this one, don't forget you can light your own candles at home. You can use your own bowl of water and pebbles to share in the rituals we'll have here in the service. Will you now take a steadying breath with me? It is good to be together today, to share in a ritual of ingathering that celebrates the mingling of waters and the mingling of lives here in religious community. In our service today, we're going to hear a little bit about the history of this water ritual in Unitarian Universalism. We're going to be invited to contribute to keeping some of our regional water healthier. We're going to think about the implications of unsafe and unclean water. And we're going to share in a ritual of pouring together water that we have brought today. We begin with words written by the Reverend Rene Rahutsky. These words remind us that even our most beloved traditions, and maybe especially our most beloved traditions, evolve in meaning and in practice, and serve to invite us ever deeper into awareness and understanding and solidarity with one another and with life. Gathering of the Waters by Rene Rahutsky. It was at a gathering of white women when this gathering of the waters first came to pass. White women in a second wave of gender self-awareness, awakening, connecting, making new meaning, shifting the old ethos. The solidarity of these white women was reflected in the waters each brought, waters that became a liquid harmony of each sweet voice and intention. Today, we gather as a community of humans in a new wave of gender and racial awareness, awakening, connecting, making new meaning, shifting the old ethos. Today, we seek more than solidarity and harmony. We seek inclusion. We seek mutuality. We seek reconciliation. We seek justice for all people. Today, May our gathering of the waters reflect the gathering of our collective courage in service of the grace and love that is promised by our liberal faith. Let us worship. Morning, UCC. I'm beyond disappointed that I can't be in person with you today, and even more frustrated that I'm unable to lead your chalice choir for this morning's water communion and in gathering service. I had planned some special music for this service, but alas, COVID 19 caught up with me finally, hence the froggy throat. 
I'm very grateful to Valerie for stepping in at the last minute to play the hymns for us this morning. But I'm thrilled and grateful that I had already asked the Chalice Rebels if they could sing a special piece of music for you this morning. A tune that many of you probably already familiar with, sung by Alison Krauss in the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? This traditional American song is variously described as a Christian folk hymn, an African-American spiritual, an Appalachian song, and sometimes a gospel song. Although its exact origins are somewhat fuzzy, a tune quite familiar to it, The Good Old Way, appeared in an 1867 collection of published slave songs in the United States. The song is quite obviously a song about baptism, as going down the river to pray speaks to preparing oneself for baptism, in addition to biblical preparation song, Studying the Good Old Way. Still other folks speak of info passed down orally that describe the piece as a possible underground railroad code implying down the river as an instruction where to meet the train to escape. Good Lord, show me the way. The starry crown and robe and crown not only refer to heavenly reward after death, but are symbols of hope when one can finally reach free territory. And the instruction to remain in the river could also be interpreted as code for pretending to do baptisms if you get caught attempting to escape. The piece references inviting others, sisters, brothers, to join in being baptized. Thus, the rebels would like to ask you to join in singing the third and final verse with them. Oh, people, let's go down. Thank you, Chalice Rebels. <laughs> One, two. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down. Let's go down. Come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Join me up here for some 
fire making. With Unitarian Universalists all over the world, at the beginning of our worship services, we light a flame in a chalice as a symbol of our shared living religious tradition. Today, Helen is going to light our flaming chalice and we dedicate it with these words written by Reverend Gregory Pelly. All right, go ahead with that first one. And so we gather from the ebb and flow of our lives, thirsty for connection to ourselves, thirsty for connection to others, thirsty for connection to the larger life. As we light this chalice, may all who gather here be filled, filled with joy and hope, filled with compassion and love. Here may we be filled so that we may pour ourselves out into the world. Today, Helena is also going to light a second candle. This candle is like the ones that we light at the end of memorial services when we acknowledge the person's spirit that lives on in our lives and memories. And today, this flame honors the anniversary of the events of September 11, 2001, and the impacts that those events had on the world we live in. I borrow with permission the words of a local friend who is an immigrant and a Muslim who says, this day is about loss and grief and lives changed. It is about a community trundling along who suddenly became vilified. It is about so much, about hate, about love, about understanding, about acceptance. And so we remember what was and what is and what could have been. And for all the life trajectories that were changed that day, may you have found peace. Thank you, Helena. And that's going to come much later, so I'll invite you back up. Thank you. Will you rise now in body or in spirit as we join our voices together in speaking our congregational covenant? as we remind ourselves of these promises that bind us as a religious community. Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And now will you take just a moment before you sit down to greet one another, welcome one another, and be gentle with one another. Obviously, as much as her husband begged them to do the surgery, he continued to uh -huh. So she got what she needed. Hi, hey, everybody. Hi, Judith. I mean, at some point, you just have to say, well, I can't take care of you anymore. I'm not able. Scotty and yeah. Barbara. Yeah. You would think. Hey, Diane. But it, you know. <laughs> 
Like if I walked into that on day one, like no, I'm not marrying that. Yeah. But he didn't marry. She got that way over time, a little at a time, a little at a time. Ellen McDade, Reverend Dr. Susan Ritchie, and Marianne Chateau. They tell us that in 1980, two Unitarian Universalist women, Carolyn McDade, whose name you may know because she wrote Spirit of Life, which we often sing, Carolyn McDade and Lucille Shuck Longview were asked to create a worship service for the Women and Religion Continental Convocation of Unitarian Universalists. As they shaped that service, McDade and Longview wanted to create a new ritual that spoke to our connectedness to one another, to the totality of life, and to our place on this planet. So they included a new inclusive symbol of women's spirituality, water. They write, water is more than simply a metaphor. It is elemental and primary calling forth feelings of awe and reverence, acknowledging that the ocean is considered by many to be the place from which all life on our planet came, it is the womb of life, and that amniotic waters surround each of us prenatally, we now realize that this worship service was for us a new story of creation. We choose water as our symbol of our empowerment. That November service held in East Lansing, Michigan, was called Coming Home Like Rivers to the Sea. As its creators, McDade and Longview enacted their ritual in the liberating space of a semicircle around a large earthenware bowl. They asked eight different women, each coming from distant places, to bring water, and they did. Water from the Rio Grande, and a river whose name I forgot to look up how to pronounce, Assiniboine, maybe? Um, Rainwater from Maryland, water from the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans, and others were poured into the earthenware bowl as each bearer described its significance. And as the ritual continued, says Carolyn McDade, water deepens in meaning for us, just as water deepens during its long and whining journey to the sea. Good morning, everyone. My name is Robin Slaw. I'm your director of religious education, and I'm introducing the video that you're about to watch. I had no water for several days this week at home. I live in Baltimore County, and I live in the part of Baltimore County that was under a boil restriction. And so, I had no water to use at home. I did, really, because I drove to the library because I have a car and picked up my case of water so that I could drink healthy water and my cats could drink healthy water and my daughter that still lives with me could. But it really made me think about water and how important it is and how awful it is when we don't have freely available, clean and healthy water to use in our lives. I mean, Flint, Michigan still does not have drinkable tap water, and how many years has it been? And Baltimore is not the only city that has water pipes 
that date all the way back to the Civil War. I found that out this week, too. Those are really old pipes. So recent studies showed that 45 million Americans have unsafe drinking water. Think about that for a minute. That's a lot of people. So please watch this video that talks about the importance of water. And I wonder what you might do after you leave here today to make more safe water for more people. We are Water Protectors, written by Carol Lindstrom, illustrated by Michaela Goad. The music is a Penobscot water song written by Gabriel Paul, sung by his niece, Lee Neptune. The words in English mean, water, we love you, thank you so much, water, we respect you. Water is the first medicine, Newcomus told me. We come from water. It nourished us inside our mother's body as it nourishes us here on Mother Earth. Water is sacred, she said. We stand with our songs and our drums. We are still here. The river's rhythm runs through my veins runs through my people's veins. My people talk of a black snake that will destroy the land, spoil the water, poison plants and animals, wreck everything in its path. When my people first spoke of the black snake, they foretold that it wouldn't come for many many years. Now the black snake is here. Its venom burns the land, courses through the water, makes it unfit to drink. Take courage. I must keep the black snake away from my village's water. I must rally my people together. To stand for the water, to stand for the land, to stand as one against the black snake. We stand with our songs and our drums. We are still here. It will not be easy. We fight for those who cannot fight for themselves the winged ones, the crawling ones, the four-legged, the two-legged, the plants, trees, rivers, lakes, the earth. We are all related. Tears like waterfalls stream down, tracks down my face, tracks down my people's faces.
Water has its own spirit, Nukamis told me. Water is alive. Water remembers our ancestors who came before us, she said. We stand with our songs and our dreams. We are still here. We are stewards of the earth. Our spirits have not been broken. We are water protectors. We stand. The black snake is in for the fight of its life. Thank you, Robin, for that story. It is tempting to talk only about the beauty of water, to romanticize our connections to the streams and rivers and lakes and oceans and rain, to leave the harder stuff, the more challenging realities for another day. But as Renee Rehutsky wrote, and we heard in the opening words this morning, today we seek more than solidarity and harmony. We seek inclusion, mutuality, reconciliation, justice for all people. So today, may our gathering of the waters reflect the gathering of our collective courage in service of the grace and love that is promised by our liberal faith. So we also honor the reality expressed in the story we just heard about the black snake and the call to be water protectors. We honor the reality of this week's water contamination in Baltimore that, it, that affected not only other people, but also members of this very community. We honor the reality of a years-long water crisis in Flint, Michigan a newer but ongoing water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi, and the ones in other cities that we likely haven't heard about. We honor the reality of devastating flooding in Pakistan and in other countries who are experiencing the impacts of climate change in dramatic and profound ways. Flooding, droughts, failures in water treatment plants, inadequately maintained infrastructure for delivering water to neighborhoods and homes. These realities also represent our relationship with water. And people who are poor, who are black, who are brown, are inevitably and predictably impacted in devastating and disproportionate ways. Poorer countries who have contributed to climate change much less are experiencing much worse consequences. Domestically, we know that disinvestment and neglect by officials is much greater in areas populated by residents who are already marginalized. So today, as we celebrate all that is beautiful and nourishing in this community and in the water that we enjoy and appreciate, let us also be called to humble collective courage. Will you rise in body or in spirit as Valerie leads us in singing two verses 
of Shall We Gather at the River. Thank you, choir members. Thank you all. That was beautiful. So we are invited this morning to think about sharing of our own bounty with others who need it in two different ways. One is by contributing voluntarily. It's all voluntary, of course, but contributing to the collection um, basket in the back of the room by the hymnals, which for our reparations project, we've made a commitment. You can read about it more online that any time that we sing a spiritual in worship, we are going to gather funds to give away um, as part of our um, reparations for the use and misuse and theft of music from people, especially people who were enslaved. So that's what's in that corner. Back here is a different offering basket and you're getting ready to be invited to give online for our second Sunday outreach offering, which today is going to Blue Water Baltimore. And we have an excellent video that introduces their really important work to you. So enjoy. In 2010, advocates for our region's waterways knew things had to change. With a long history of industrial pollution, chronic disinvestment, and crumbling infrastructure, the streams and rivers that flow into the Baltimore Harbor were in bad shape. Knowing that no single group or program could heal our waters, they joined forces. With the support of community members and funders, the dedicated staff and volunteers of the Jones Falls, Gwynns Falls, Herring Run, and Baltimore Harbor Watershed Associations, and the Baltimore Harbor Waterkeeper navigated an unprecedented merger to become one of the most significant environmental voices in our region. 
Together, as Blue Water Baltimore, we have fought for the past decade for the rights of all those who live in our watershed, to live along clean waterways, and to organize as strong communities to restore and protect our most precious natural resources. This is the story of what is possible when committed people decide to change the world together. Our work today is as multifaceted and strategic as our founding was, and we still believe we can only be successful when we work together. The Blue Water Baltimore movement is stopping pollution at the source. Led by your Baltimore Harbor waterkeeper, Blue Water Baltimore is our waterway's first line of defense against pollution. Through consistent, scientifically rigorous monitoring, we have built a decade of publicly available data that help us understand what's in the water and what's working to heal it. From Owings Mills to past the Key Bridge, that's over 141,000 readings collected, analyzed, and shared. Along with resident reporters, our team investigates, holds polluters accountable, and organizes with local and state regulators to enforce water quality laws. Through legal action, policy change, and public information campaigns, our community fights every day to stop pollution. To make lasting change, we have to work upstream of problems. That's why the Blue Water Baltimore movement is also rebuilding the natural environment for future resiliency. Our region's industrial past, aging infrastructure, and growing population, combined with climate change, lead to bigger rainstorms, faster flooding, and more contaminants being swept into storm drains. While we work to limit pollutants, we also use the Earth's own healing strategies wherever we can. By working together with our neighbors to plant trees, shrubs, and other native species, install rain gardens and cisterns, and remove hard surfaces, we change stormwater's course, allowing it to return more slowly and naturally to the ground. From multi-year restoration projects in communities like Belair Edison and Greater Mundaman, to the MedStar Harbor Hospital campus, to rain barrel making workshops in neighborhoods, to street tree planting projects, all of our greening happens in partnership with volunteers and communities. Together, we've planted more than 21,000 trees, which not only improve our water, but also cool, oxygenate, and uplift the neighborhoods where they grow. Free tree giveaways and our Herring Run Nursery allow everyone to be part of the solution right where they live, sending native plants home with gardeners, homeowners, and new environmental advocates. Together, we're managing thousands of gallons of stormwater each time it rains. That's just one way the Blue Water Baltimore movement is inspiring and connecting people to continue the fight. This work is too big and too important to go it alone. Every new tree, every improved water quality score, every changed law is the result of thousands of people working together. Volunteers have always been the heart of Blue Water Baltimore, and more than 6,000 everyday people have pulled on a pair of gloves, picked up the phone, or waded through a stream with us over the years. They have tapped us to help transform their neighborhoods and congregations. They show up at City Hall and in Annapolis by the busload and work with us late into the night on pollution investigations. Our community has provided the critical funding we need to grow through more than 10,000 individual gifts and grants. In the last few years, our smallest community members have been a big focus. New eco-literacy and education programs bring the wonder of water into classrooms, libraries, and living rooms. While helping learners of all ages understand their place in the natural world and in this growing movement. We've come a long way and there's much more to do together. 
In the past 10 years, we've seen neighbors become leaders and inspire others. We have begun to see some promising water quality improvements. And our community has grown beyond 20,000. Together, we are beginning to turn the tide. The Blue Water Baltimore movement is proof that we have the right to hope that strong communities can indeed change the world. And that our environment is not beyond repair. But it will take all of us to hope, to be bold, and to work together. Thank you for being part of the Blue Water Baltimore movement. We're getting ready to hear Michael playing live from his piano at home. Thank you, Michael. And as he plays, you are invited to give by text, which is what I'm getting ready to do. You're going to see the instructions on the screen or online, or you may place cash or checks in the basket in the room. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you, Michael. So the waters we contribute this morning and the ones that are symbolically shared come from many places and symbolize many experiences. 
In the words of Reverend Darcy Lane, some of this water has come from places of abundant and overflowing water. Some from places where water's scarcity is a daily struggle born of nature's diversity or human interference. Some of this water represents travel or movement or change. Some reminds us of life's storms, our own concerns, worries, frustrations, and losses. And some reminds us of the wellsprings of our lives. All of the waters gathered here today tell some small part of the story of this congregation. Even if you didn't know that we were going to celebrate a water ceremony ritual this morning, you are still invited to contribute. Or if you forgot to bring your water or would have brought water if you'd thought about it, um, there is a pitcher here. And you are welcome to pretend that this is the water you brought and pour a little bit in the bowl. I'm going to begin by pouring just a drop because at the bottom of this, before I filled it up with tap water, is from the container of water, communion water, that has been collected by members of this congregation since long before I became the minister. So from at least the early 90s is, so please do not drink this. <laughs> So for generations of Unitarian Universalists, and especially here in Howard County, we begin our water communion. If you would like to tell us where your water came from, I will invite you to begin making your way forward now. Those of you online, I will invite you to speak after everybody in the room has spoken. If you would like to pour your water in the bowl in silence, you, you may come do that now, but you also may do that during the music meditation after Joys and Sorrows. I'm going to invite you to tell us your name when you come up and say simply one statement that is where your water came from, like this. My name is Paige Getty, and I'm contributing water that came from the sky in my yard this morning. My name is Tegan Verma Glocklin, and my water comes from um, my mom and I's uh, five and a half week long road trip this summer through places like various campsites, uh, Rocky Mountain National Park and Sequoia National Park are some of the places. Hi, my name is Lisa Marini, and this is rainwater that fell at my home in Fulton, Maryland. I'm Linda Linton, and my virtual water is from the absolutely gorgeous Moosehead Lake in Maine. Hi, I'm Karen Marsh, and my water comes from the Arkansas River in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I interned as a minister. My name is Barry Marsh. My water comes from Hawaii's Green Sands Beach, where we spent part of last July in John and Ann Seed's condo from the, um, from the auction last year. Hi, my name is Gail Holm. My water comes out of the ground um, at a spring at the Howard County Conservancy. Hi, my name is Alex Horn, and this is water from the water fountain in my dorm for my first year of college that 
you know, sustained me for that year. My name is Kevin Mercer, and this water comes from a spring um, in the Lakes region in New Hampshire. My name is Caesar, like the salad. And my water comes from a magical and beloved sanctuary in Howard County. You want to go? <laughs> I am Jennifer Siegel, and I also bought um, rain water from my house in Columbia. All right, Helena is coming up to help with the next part, I think, right? That's why you were coming up. Those of you who are with us on Zoom, we'd like to know where your water would be from if you were here in the room with us. So if you would like to contribute, will you use the raise hand option so that I can call on you and unmute you? Scotty and Barbara. Hi, our water is coming from the gateway to Cape Cod, Buzzards Bay, Massachusetts. Hello, everyone. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Scotty. Thank you. Tom Wing, was that you? Or were you just reacting to Barbara and Scotty? Because now I don't see your name. Okay, Paige is going to figure this out. I do, I do know how to do this. Tom, I've well, unmuted you. There you go. I water from Lower Beverly Lake in Ontario, Canada, where we spent a, a lovely uh, one and a half weeks uh, in August. Thank you, Tom. Anne, are you waving at me, Anne Gould? Yes, okay. This is pretty magical and very disorienting. All right, Anne, go ahead. Yeah, my water comes from the Yao River on Maui, where our family spent picnics and times together, and where the ashes of two of my brothers have been. It was a special place. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. Diane Dunlap. My waters come from tears that I have shed many times in inspiration and being moved by services at UU. Thank you, Diane, for all of your tears and ours. All right, anybody else who's with us on Zoom who would like to tell us where your water would come from if you were here? All right. Thank you, Helena. Thank you all. As we begin the blessing stage of our water, will you rise in body or in spirit? And we're going to sing together hymn number 1007, there's a river flowing in my soul.
Thank you. You may be seated. And now my helper, Helena, is coming back to the chancel table. Thanks, Helena. As we honor the joys and the sorrows that have been shared among our congregants today. In addition to giving voice to each joy and sorrow, Helena is going to place a pebble in the water, honoring how each individual life and how each story touches all of us and ripples out into the community and shapes who we are. So thank you for being the caring congregation that you are. And one final stone, Helena. This is for everything that we're holding and have not spoken this morning. This is for you and whatever's on your heart. Thank you, Helena. I'm going to invite you into a few moments of reflection and prayer. We'll have a moment of silence. And then as Michael offers the music meditation, if you in the room would like to come forward to place your own pebbles in the water in silence or to add water for the water ritual to the bowl, you may do that. But first, a moment of reflection and prayer. Spirit of love, of life, of grief, We hold it all, even when it's hard to hold. We reach out and we ask for help and the courage to hold all that is this life. The fury, the joy, the celebration, the grief, the love, the hope. May we be courageous. May we be honest and true. 
May we act in love. We have gathered these waters, mingled stories of where we come from and who we are. And now we offer this blessing on the waters, a blessing written by Starhawk and published in The Earth Path. Praise and gratitude to the sacred waters of the world to the oceans, the mother of life, the womb of the plant life that freshens our air with oxygen, the brew that is stirred by sunlight and the moon's gravity into the great currents and tides that move across the earth, 
circulating the means of life, bringing warmth to the frozen Arctic and cool, fresh winds to the tropics. We give thanks for the blessed clouds and the rain that brings the gift of life to the land, that eases the thirst of roots, that grows the trees and sustains life even in the dry desert. We give thanks for the springs that bring life-giving water up from the ground, for the small streams and creeks, and for the mighty rivers. We praise the beauty of water, the sparkle of the sunlight on a blue lake, the shimmer of moonlight on the ocean's waves, the white spray of the waterfall. We take delight in the sweet singing of the dancing stream and the roar of the river in the flood. We ask help to know within ourselves all the powers of water, to wear down and to build up, to ebb and to flow, to nurture and to destroy, to merge and to separate. We know that water has great powers of healing and cleansing, and we also know that water is vulnerable to contamination and pollution. So we ask help as for our work as healers in our efforts to ensure that the waters of the world run clean and run free, that all the Earth's children have the water they need to sustain abundance of life. Blessed be the water. Will you rise and hear words of benediction, and then we're going to sing together from you I receive. As we depart from this gathering, let us remember, as Reverend Cale Rice wrote, it starts with a drop, then a trickle, a burble, a rush of water bubbling toward its destination, and finally, the wide, endless sea. All rivers run to the sea. Amen.
Some days I can't see why I'm feeling lonely And some days I am too proud to ask for help And I stumble through the noise Trying to find some peace A stranger in the crowd I lose myself So I walk down to the river Where the troubles they can't find Let the waters there remind The sun will be there when we wake I walk down to the river Though I might not understand it It's not always as we planned it But we grow stronger when we break So I walk down to the river Be there when we wake I walk 